I'm Rachel. I'm a, a compulsive overeater, um, formerly from formerly from uh, San Francisco, now living in uh, Indiana, just north of Indianapolis. And so it's it's great to be back in the Bay Area. Although I assume, just like me, since the magic of Zoom, not all of you are in the Bay Area. So um, yeah. So I'm going to uh, share a little bit about what it was like, uh, what happened and what it's like now, and then talk about um, the tools that for me are the guardrails to the steps, you know, the steps are how I recover and the tools are like how I don't, you know, how I stay on those steps. Um, so to start off, I'll just um, qualify so that you know that I belong here Um is uh, I came into my first meeting in 1985 when I was 15 years old. Um, don't pull out your calculators, but that means I'm 53. Uh, I did not get abstinent immediately. Uh, in fact, it took me 15 years in these rooms uh, to finally get abstinent. By the grace of God, uh, I haven't had to compulsively overeat or binge or purge, which was uh, part of my story, but I was a fat bulimic. And there were years that went by where I didn't purge. What purging enabled me to do was basically binge more. <laughs> you know, I would throw up and then eat more. Um, but by the grace of God, I haven't had to do any of that stuff uh, or have any of my alcoholic food since June uh, 23rd of 2000. Um, and that is, all. you know, God is the hero of my story. This is, you know, if I can impart anything today, it's that I did not do this. It was all God. Um, so yeah, but for 15 years, I, I hung around these rooms and, and I'm not a, uh, a grazer. I'm not a, you know, eat extra helping person. I am a low bottom, you know, if, if I could put the needle in my vein, I would, uh, compulsive overeater, shut the door, draw the blinds, don't answer the phone, you know, lose friends get fired from jobs, compulsive overeater. When I'm in my disease, when I'm in the food, that's all I do. It's my full-time job. It's my lover. It's my friend. It's my hobby. So, and and that's not everybody's story. And so if you're new or newish um, or returning, please hang around because you are sure to hear somebody with whom you can relate, um, you know, go to more meetings, you you will eventually hear your story. But that was mine. And so I did okay in uh, school up until the point that I went off to college. And because nobody, I, I didn't do okay in school, I graduated second in my class. And the reason why I say that is because then when I went off to college, I binged my way out of school and and dropped out a number of times. And one of the miracles of abstinence is that I um, I was able to go back to school, finish my undergraduate, and um, and go to grad school. And there's even somebody here, and I don't want to violate anonymity, who helped me with my grad school essays. And I'm just tickled that that they're here. Um, and, um, and now I'm doing something completely, you know, not completely different than that, but related to that different from that. But, uh, but that has been the miracle of the program. Well, what happened? What happened? Um, so yeah, so I had left school, I reached a bottom where I was living in an apartment that I was, I was working, I was waiting tables. 
um, because I had dropped out of school. Um, I had already been fired from one job because I kept on calling in fat and I didn't call and say, I can't come into work. I'm fat. But the truth was I was hung over from food. And so I would call in and I would make up lies uh, like somebody had died or I was sick or my cat was sick or my cat had died or my cat and somebody was sick and one of them died. You know, I mean, just any any sort of permutation of why I couldn't come in. And uh, as part of step eight and nine, I became willing to make amends for that, which, you know, if you had told me that I would be willing to say, I'm sorry, I lied about my cat being sick, you know, there was no way. And so, by the way, if you're not on step eight and nine and the thought of making amends for things like that overwhelms you, don't worry about it because I didn't get the willingness to do it for one of the amends until my hand was actually on the doorknob and I walked into my old boss's office. But anyway, so I was living in this apartment and it was a pigsty. We didn't have five, that's five minutes. We didn't have reality television uh, then. This was in 99 and 2000. I mean, I guess it was starting, but I don't know. But it but, but it would have been, you know, if I had consented, which I never would. It, it was something you see on reality TV. My apartment was full of food wrappers and dirty dishes. And, um, you know, the cat box was just disgusting. The toilet was disgusting. And I wanted to kill myself. Um, and I was actually, I was living in Texas, which is where I was from and, and looking in the yellow pages for those of you who are under 30, the yellow pages was a book where they used to have phone numbers and, um, and looking for a gun. And, but my dilemma was, is I, I didn't want people to find me because as dysfunctional as my family is, I didn't want my family to find me in this sty of an apartment. So I needed to, um, didn't want, you know, to find my dead body. And so I needed to clean up my apartment clean enough so that it was a fitting place for me to kill myself. But the problem was, is if I could get my act together long enough to clean up my apartment, then to kill myself, then I wouldn't have a reason to kill myself. And that, that was really my bottom, you know, suicide had always been my trap door. It had always been like, well, if things get bad enough, I'll just kill myself. And I realized that that trap door was closed, that I was going to have to live in this pain, this, you know, the big book talks about the four uh, horsemen of, I, and I can't remember what they are, but, but you know, look up four horsemen in, in the big book and it talks about those. Um, and they're just basically all despair. And so I did have a friend um, who's not in program, but who lived in San Francisco, who knew not exactly how bad it was, but kind of. And she came out and helped me clean up my apartment so that it was clean enough so we could get a cleaning person in there. Uh, the deal was if I would come and live with her for a while and go to a meeting every day. And I did. I went to 90 meetings in 90 days. Uh, I was lucky enough that I had some money saved up that I was able to quit my job. And, um, and I actually went to a meeting every day for the first six months. That's what I needed. You know, I, I believe completely this is a disease and I needed mega doses of, um, this program, you know, of the, of the solution of the spiritual solution. And so I did, I ended up, you know, it's kind of a long story. I ended up moving to San Francisco and then about a year and a half moving here to Indiana, but what what happened is I worked the steps. 
Um, and, you know, I love uh, a lot of our OA literature. Um, what really brought it home for me is working the steps as they're laid out in the big book. When I first picked up the big book, especially when I was 15 years old, I thought I have nothing in common with these people. I don't know what they're talking about. I didn't, you know, the life of a stockbroker in the 30s, I mean, meant I could not relate to. And I was lucky enough that I had people who were kind enough to say, okay, here's where step one is. And here's where step two is. And this is what they're talking about here. So if you, if you're interested and, you know, in what the big book has to say and what the sort of a, the, the OG of our program, um, you know, grab somebody, you can call me, my numbers by my name and it's in the chat um, or somebody who talks about the big book and have them show you, you know, crack it open for you. I also go to a big book study meeting that helps me do that. And so I work the steps you know, for the first time in my life, you know, got to step 12. And, um, and by the grace of God, I didn't know what all this other step, because only uh, this other stuff, only the first step mentions food. And I didn't know why for the first time in my life, even though I wasn't talking about food in the other steps, why I wasn't picking up the food, I just knew I wasn't. Um, you know, the big book talks about you know, the, the purpose of the big book and this program is not for me to get abstinent, is not to put down alcohol. It says in the big book, it is to help you find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Um, that's, you know, that's what the whole thing is, is not so I can resist the food because, you know, resistance is futile, as somebody famously once said, um, there's eventually it's going to give out what, what the steps do for me is they enabled me to form a relationship with a power that was greater than myself with a higher power that could solve not only my food problem, but all my problems. Um, it also showed me, you know, why 10 minutes, thank you. Um, you know, why I was eating, I, I knew I was eating over feelings, but quite honestly, Feelings had gone way by the wayside. I'm sure maybe when I first started compulsively overeating, and I think I, I started from birth, maybe it was to soothe uncomfortable feelings. But, you know, years before I finally, you know, got abstinent, I had stopped. All I knew was that I wanted to eat. There wasn't sadness. There wasn't fear. There was just, I want to eat and I ate. And so when I put down the food, then all of those feelings, oh my gosh, what, what what am I going to do with these? Like, I didn't, I didn't know how, how to live. I was, you know, people talk about getting in touch with their inner child. I had to get in touch with my inner adult because my growth had been stunted from the, the moment I, you know, took my hand, put it in whatever, and, and put that, that alcoholic food in my mouth. And so I had to learn, you know, how to take care of myself, how to do basic things, how to, you know, act rather than react, um, how to be a human among humans. And that's what the steps did for me. Um, you know, we do that in four through nine. And, um, and, and so, and I'll talk about sort of how, how that relates to the tools in a little bit, but, you know, so that's what happened. And, and 
and what it's like now. Oh, and the big thing is I started doing service because um, people say, well, it took you 15 years. You know, why did something suddenly click? Uh, honestly, I don't know if I knew I would bottle it and I'd sell it and, you know, I'd be a millionaire. I do know some things. I do know that I worked the steps. Um, I do know I became willing to go to any length. And I do know that I started doing service, like even though I felt like I was completely not qualified and I was lucky enough to have people who said, I won't sponsor you <laughs> until you start doing service, who said, um, you know, yeah, do whatever. If you're not, don't have enough abstinence to be secretary, you know, make tea. We used to have tea at meetings, you know, do this. Um, you know, the first time I did service above the group level, there was a guy who, you know, said you should be an inner group rep. And I honest to God looked behind me and thought that he was talking to somebody behind me because I would have never. Um, but the reason why I do it isn't so I can run from mother, you know, mother Teresa or saint or anything. It's because I don't want to be back in the food. And, um, you know, it says in the big book that when we celebrate, you know, AA is our Papa program. We celebrate the birth, the birthday of AA. We don't celebrate when Bill W, you know, first when he got sober, we celebrate when Dr. Bob, the, the the guy that Bill W. carried the message to got sober. This is not a self-help program. This is an other help program. The solution to my problem isn't thinking more about me. It's thinking more about others. And that, you know, that, you know, self-centered fear is at the root of my problem. And when I get out of self, um, that, you know, that is the key. So, um, so what it's like now, you know, I try to do service. I, I, you know, stay in 10, 11, and 12, which some people call the maintenance steps, but I like the growth steps better because step 10, all it is, is basically doing one through nine or three through or four through nine over and over and over again. And so that sort of leads me to my segue into the tools because the tool, I realized like the, the tool I'm picking is writing but it's really sort of literature and writing. Um, and and um, so I do, I have found has been, and, you know, I use writing and working all of the steps, um, you know, fourth and fifth step. And I say writing, not typing, not doing it on an app. You may not be like me, but for better or for worse, when I take pen or pencil to paper, the effect, you know, it is so much more from the heart than if I type. And I hate that because my handwriting is terrible and I can type really fast and I don't like that I have to actually write. But it it really, for me, it's, it's, it's pretty crucial that I write when I can, you know, there's some situations where I can't. <coughs> And so um, I do a daily written 10 step, which is just um, when I first got abstinent, I didn't know what I was feeling, but I found it was like my feelings were over here and I was over here. But I found what I wrote, even just free writing, thanks, five minutes, um, that that brought those two things together. And so now I do a 10 step because in the big book, and I'm reading from, it starts, I'm reading from a Kindle version on my second monitor. So excuse me while I'm looking over here, but it starts on 84. 
It says this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue. So that's the first continue. He says continue four times in this paragraph. Continue to take personal inventory and continue, second, to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. So to me, that means that I don't have to wait. It says as we cleaned up the past, not after we cleaned up the past. So when if I'm on step nine, I can start doing step 10, even if I've just started. And in fact, I actually, my sponsor had me doing a version of step 10 before I even got to step eight and nine. Uh, we have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue, third time, for our lifetime. Continue, fourth time. Needed a thesaurus, apparently, Bill W. To watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. So that's the first part that I do. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. That's the second part. We discuss them with someone immediately. That's the third part. And make amends quickly if we've harmed anybody. Fourth part. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. So, and the way I happen to write mine is, is I do it the way the fourth and fifth step is, you know, with the, in the big book with the, the four columns. And if you don't know what that is, give me a call or, you know, I'm happy to introduce you to people. Um, and I do the fear inventory as well. And then I happen to be on something called the 10 step train where um, and if you are curious about that, it's not an official OA sanctioned thing, uh, you know, or text me and I'll let you know about it. But, you know, so I have a partner and I, you know, read it and they read theirs to me. And, um, and what it does is it's like, um, it cleans up. It's like, uh, you know how you you go to the dentist and your teeth are really clean and they feel really good. Well, but pretty soon if I don't daily, you know, floss and do that stuff, that that stuff is going to build up and it's going to be plaque and tartar and all that gross stuff that they have to then, you know, if it builds up too much, then then I got a problem. Um, but if I daily floss and, and do all that, then it keeps it it, it keeps my my spiritual self and my emotional self um, healthy. And if I need to make an amends, then I make an amends and I don't have to wait until, because if I wait until that stuff builds up and you know the food starts looking good, I'm in big trouble. I am in big trouble because like I say, I, I willpower does not work. Willpower works against, um, in doing footwork. I mean, this program takes a lot of willpower to do the work. It's a lot of work. Um, willpower isn't any good against the food, but I can apply my willpower to, you know, doing, you know, using the tools, writing, um, talking to people, etc. So um, anyway, so that's, that's how writing helps me. And I'm probably winding down time-wise. So I just want to hear what you guys have to say. Thank you so much um, for asking me to share and I will pass.